The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to the Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders and how to take your company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marcia Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach, getting you on the right track, keeping you on the right track, and making sure you don't get sidetracked. Here's a Smart Moves tip. It takes a lifetime to build a reputation and only a few seconds to destroy one. So what do you do and what do you say have lasting effects on your business? From a natural disaster to a product recall to human resource issues, a crisis is a very real possibility for nearly every business leader. How do you handle it? especially if the media is in the lobby and waiting to hear from you. As Sam Donaldson, correspondent and anchor with ABC News said, the questions don't do the damage, only the answers do. Listeners, to help you know what to do and what to say, is my guest Lori Allen, a seasoned journalist known as the Soundbite Coach, who works with CEOs as a Vistage speaker. Lori is not only the news director of a CBS affiliate where she must exhibit leadership skills every hour, but she has also been a media trainer since 1996. Welcome, Lori. It's a pleasure to have you on the show and back in Texas. Well, thank you, Marcia. You know, we've been friends, I think, since 1996, so it's really exciting to be on your show. Well, it's exciting to have you here. Um, Let's start sort of, you know, what is, as a journalist and a media coach, what is the biggest misconception leaders have about the media? And I'm sure they have many misconceptions. <laughs> they do. And, you know, there's actually two that are huge in my mind. One is the media is out to get me. Mm-hmm. I just I can't say anything right. Uh, this is an investigative reporter. They're out to make me look bad. And then the second misconception is, oh, you know what? A crisis will never happen to me. I don't need to prepare for the media. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so let's talk about these two real briefly. Um, is the media really out to get uh, the person? 
No, you know, really not. Um, you know, there's probably some people, there's there's always a few bad apples in every profession, every industry, and there's probably some people that hold a grudge or, you know, think that somebody's a real stinker and they want to investigate them for that reason. But what every reporter wants is a story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that story might be a feature. It might be something that uh, just makes you, your heart melt or, you know, brings a tear to your eye. It's not necessarily something that brings a company down or puts a president uh, behind bars. It's, it's the idea that we're going to tell you a story in a way that no one else can. And if that means, hey, you're doing things wrong, you're violating state regulations, yeah, maybe we're out to get you because you are treating people who can't help themselves in a bad way. I'll give you, uh, for instance, sure. um, something we did here at my station a couple of months ago was an investigation into daycare centers. And mm-hmm. there are some daycare operations that are doing a great job. You'd be happy to have your children there. But there are some that are violating every state regulation there is. So, you know, as a parent, don't you want to know about those places? Don't you want to be protected from sure. those places? Sure. And that's what journalists can do for you. Um, you know, this will never happen to me, that whole yes. misconception. <laughs> yes. I can tell you story after story of people where I've maybe I've gone to their association and I've done some training, and then they call me two years later and they say, you know, I kind of listened out of one ear that day because I thought, I'll never need this. And boy, when XYZ happened, I found your folder at the bottom of my desk drawer. I pulled it out. I've done everything you've said so far, but I need a little more help, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, even those of you who think this could never happen, there's nothing that would ever make news a surprise, surprise. It's not a matter of if, but when. Right. You know, that reminds me with the coaching that I do. I tell companies, don't bring me in to fix it because if the damage is already done, bring me in so to prevent these things from happening or to lessen the impact. And I think you're really saying the same thing, uh-huh. it's, you, that you prepare ahead of time knowing that um, if something does happen, you have the steps and you know what to do. And I know you're going to get into that. Uh, so let's move on to um, what is the biggest mistake that um, leaders uh, make in a uh, in a crisis? Well, you know, in a crisis situation, you just really want to hunker down and fix it. You've got fires to put out, or maybe you've even got, you know, in a worst-case scenario, you've got dead bodies you've got to deal with. Mm-hmm. And the very worst thing that you can say to the news reporter is no comment. And the second worst thing you can do is just not return calls at all. Um, no comment makes it look like you're evasive, mm-hmm. you're hiding mm-hmm. something, you're mm-hmm. guilty. And not returning calls is... Uh, you know, that works sometimes, but typically the reporter will say, uh, President and CEO Bill Smith just wasn't available for comment, was not returning our calls. Mm-hmm. And while some will sympathize because, well, that poor guy, you know, he sure had a lot to deal with, most people will say, wow, he must have been ashamed to return the call. Why doesn't right. he want the public to know what happened? And... um I guess what you're saying, even if you have, even if you have a minute, I would imagine, you know, you know, as crisis happens and the CEO or the president is dealing with so much, but I think your message is, even if it's just for, uh, I'll get back to you, a call or an email, and I'll get back to you. Is that what you're, you know, would exactly. that help? You can 
can release, I mean, with, with media and texting and Twitter, you can release a statement, and people are trolling social media to find out if you've released a statement. You, if they don't get something from you, they're going to go stand out in the parking lot and try to talk to your employees. Uh-huh. They're going to go and talk to the companies or the neighbors that are next door uh-huh. to your facility, and they're going to ask if you're a good corporate neighbor. They're going to talk to somebody. They may talk to your association. They may talk to customers or vendors. So make sure that you get your side of the story out. Don't let others speak for you. And also, I think, you know, one of the things that I I work with leaders is the concept, communicate, communicate, communicate. There's never too much communication, especially with employees, if you're going through a lot of change. Um, And I would think that is true for the media as well, you know, just to keep the media abreast of what's going on. Absolutely. You know, we can say that we're over-informed these days with all the social media and the 24-7 mm-hmm. cable networks. The the landscape drastically cha- changed when CNN came on in the early 80s. But the news cycle is different, but that doesn't mean that you can avoid it or slip out of it. You've You've got to talk to people. You've got to let them know what's going on. So let's do um, let's let's really delve into an example, okay? Uh, you created a customized worst case scenarios for companies, and then put CEOs and VPs on camera and drilled them. Let's say we are role playing like that, and a company's flagship retail store in another part of town explodes. What steps would you advise the company to take first in terms of media's reaction? We first of all expect the media to be there. Just be prepared for them. If you can, mm-hmm. ahead of time, hold drills, uh, practice your sound bites, know what you would say in a crisis situation so that you are not totally caught off guard when something bad happens. Listen to, listen to Marsha, exactly what she says. Do this. <laughs> Prepare. One of the things that you do, though, let's say you haven't, oh, you'll get to that someday, and this happens before you've ever gotten to that. One of the things that you can do is know that in every crisis there's going to be a victim or hero. That's just the Lori Allen definition of a crisis. Okay. So you want to, first of all, before you say anything else, you want to express concern or sympathy to the victims or the victims' families. Mm-hmm. And then you want to offer praise or thanks to the heroes. The heroes might be the first responders. It might be an employee who steps in and um, puts his or her own life at risk in an explosion to save others. It might be the neighbors next door that brought the garden hose over. There's going to be a hero. There's going to be somebody that helped. Then you want to, before the media arrives or while you're keeping, someone is keeping the media at bay saying that you're going to be out there in just a couple of minutes, you want to get, let's say you're the president, you want to get your vice presidents or your direct reports around you and you want to do a quick drill Uh Uh because those people are going to have harder questions than the media is. The media may not know too much about your company, but Uh if you can practice that way, it'll help you have your thoughts on the the tip of your tongue. Uh It'll help you be sharper. You'll be a little more comfortable when you go out and face the real reporters. It's great practice, and you only have to take a couple of minutes to do this. Now, one of the things you can do is you can say, I'm going to read a brief statement, and after that, I'll take 
I have time for three questions before I must get back to taking care of the people who've huh? been so uh, disturbed and upset and had their lives changed by what happened today. Or you can not take any questions at all, but you set the expectations. You don't have to be at the mercy of the media. You can set the rules. So you read a statement. You take a couple of questions, and then you can say, you know, I know that you're going to have more questions as we find out more. We'll have another press conference like this tomorrow Uh or later today. Again, you get to set the rules and say how often you want to give more information. Um, A quick question. We have uh, just a couple minutes more before our first break. And uh, when you were talking about going out and saying, um, I'll take three questions or whatever, you know, three or five. Um, how do you determine who you're going to, uh, who do you pick? Do, is that prearranged? Because I'm thinking of when I watch a president's a news conference. Uh, there's certain people, certain reporters he'll pick, certain ones maybe later. So is that something you work with them on, which reporters to, to, to acknowledge? No, not at a local level. Now, you know, I'm not quite sure how the whole White House thing works <laughs> because they might be um, promising some favors, you know, to reporters who treat them right. That could be huh? happening. Um, but at a local level, yeah, you might have your favorites that have treated you fairly in the past. You might have somebody that you just know, maybe, you know, from your um, a, a faith-based uh, organization you belong to or community nonprofit board that you belong to, if you know some reporters in that way. It's, you know, I, I hate to say play favorites, but in a situation like this, you want to ask the, you know, the, the person asking the question, if they know you, they're going to treat you fairly. Right. So, you know, just to uh, summarize this last part before we take a break, is that don't go out there unprepared. Don't uh, go, uh, you know, shooting from the hip, uh, if that's your style. Uh, Know what you're going to say, have those sound bites, know the process, and actually take control of it by saying things like, um, I'll take three questions or I'll get back to you uh, later this afternoon. So is, did I summarize it pretty well, Lori? That was excellent. I can tell you've been listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Well, um, it's time for a short break. Uh, this is Marsha Zottel, your Smart Moves coach. You're listening to The Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's business channel. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. 
There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at SmartMovesCoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back. This is Marsha Zidal, your Smart Moves Coach, and you're listening to The Business Edge. My guest today is Lori Allen, the Sambite Coach and Media Trainer, and she's telling us what to do when you get a cri- when you got a crisis and the media is in the lo- uh, lobby. So... Now let's move on, Lori, to, um, you know, telling the listeners what does the media want or expect from an interview at this point of crisis? Because I would imagine if you can meet the media's expectations, even if you if there are certain things you can't tell them, but certain things that if you do meet the expectations, uh, they'll be easier on you. Well, sure. You know, the media does have some, maybe some unspoken expectations. They're Uh expecting you to be transparent and to Uh be honest and to tell the truth. Now, are they always thinking in the back of their mind, uh, could this person be lying to me? Is there another story here? What's the, uh, what's not being said? Sure, we're all thinking that. We, uh, on every story, not even a crisis story, we're assuming that you are speaking from the point of getting your agenda across mm-hmm. and getting your mm-hmm. agenda fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the, the reporter could be your worst critic, but can also be your best friend because they want to believe you and they want to believe that you're telling the truth. Um, what the media expects in a crisis is for you to express sympathy to the victims. And so when you don't, it makes it look like maybe you're not human, that maybe you're at fault. That's why that's so important. Now, the media in almost every crisis is going to ask the same sorts of questions. And I'm going to go ahead and tell them to you, Marsha, because sure. I think they might mm-hmm. be helpful to people. They may not ask them an exactly this way, word for word, but the first question is going to be something like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Now, if, if they didn't know that the store exploded or that the money was missing or the body had was dead, you know, they wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they want to hear, the reporters want to hear it in your own words. They want to hear how you phrase it. You, in this first answer, you are going to confirm some information. You might... Uh, quilt some rumors or some mm-hmm. false information, but you're going to set the tone. So it's very important when you do that role play to practice that somebody says, well, what happened here? And then maybe not the next question, but one of the questions will be, could this have been prevented? Uh-huh. What could you have done to make sure that this death didn't happen, this explosion didn't happen? 
this horrible thing to our environment didn't happen? Are you at fault or are state regulations at fault or is national policy at fault? We all are human and we want to blame somebody or something. So that helps us. That helps us grasp this idea. Remember, Marsha, uh-huh. on September 11th, uh-huh. 2001, uh-huh. you know, in those first early moments, we didn't know who was to blame. Right. And we were, like, just taking wild stabs at who in the world could have done this. I was so naive at the point. You know, I was, I, gosh, I'd have to think back. I think I was still in my 30s, maybe early 40s. But I was so naive I didn't think that there was somebody who didn't like the United States. <laughs> and that was a revelation that day to find yes. out later that, you know, we had true horrible enemies. Right. So sometimes this, these events will become a process of revelation for people, but it helps to think about it ahead of time. What is preventing you right now as a leader from making sure that your workplaces, your work sites are 100% safe? Uh, can I follow up on a question? Because you may have some other uh, other uh, um, steps, but yeah. I was just curious because I know the natural reaction is to blame somebody. But I'm wondering, is it the best strategy for the leader or the president who who really doesn't have knowledge yet of of the doesn't have the full story? Are you suggesting that he or she starts blaming or maybe even takes some of that blame? You know, no, at this point, what I am suggesting is to just have an idea about it because that's a question you're ah. going to get. The okay. perfect answer might be, you know, we, like you, want to get to the bottom of this right now. We are going to establish a task force to find out how this could have prevented and make sure that it never, okay. ever, ever happens again. Right, right. At this point, at the point of crisis, you want to be generic. Right. You you want to be big picture because you don't want some of these answers to come back to haunt you. Because if you do say some absolute, some very detailed answer, remember the media is recording everything. Yes. Yes. They can can say, yeah, but you said two days ago that uh, so-and-so was to blame. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, you know, in two days, in 48 hours, you may have learned a totally different story. And I think that was my point in, in, in asking you that uh, uh, even though we do want to blame, uh, the, the, the more um, wise thing to do is to say we are looking into this and we want to make sure it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Because who knows? You may be, the, it could be something within your company or it could be something else. Um, so, uh, what other, I know you started with two questions that uh, the media certainly wants answered. Are there other questions as well? Yeah, yeah, and one will get to that big picture answer that we were just talking about, but the, the media is going to ask, what is this going to cost you? And, you know, ah. it may be the store that exploded, the example that we used earlier. Right. It may be, well, it's, and you're able to say, this is going to cost us $600,000 to rebuild this store plus all the inventory that was inside of it. Um, it might cost us 20 jobs because we're going to have to let these people go until we get the store rebuilt. You know, it might be those kinds of questions. In a worst-case scenario, it's going to be about loss of life. What does this cost you? And the underlying question to that question is, 
are you still going to be open for business tomorrow? Mm, mm, mm-hmm. Now, the most brilliant answer I ever heard for a question like this is going back to September 11th when um, Mayor Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, mm-hmm. they were trying to get him to be specific about how many people had died that morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his answer was more than we can bear. Ah, yeah. He didn't have a specific number, but boy, wasn't that a brilliant answer. Right, because at this point, if you're really just in the midst of it, if it just happened maybe an hour or two ago, you don't have specific answers. Mm-hmm. And so you do have to tell the media, say something, but something that... Um, that that won't get you into trouble, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know, but at the same time, give an answer that's that shows your concern. Mm-hmm. And and um, you know, I just yeah, that is brilliant. That is yeah. brilliant. And I think also Southwest Airlines. And I wish I could remember when the crisis happened. They said something that we're still going. You know, we're still here, and we're and 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 they. They came up to the plate, and, and whatever they said was very meaningful to the employees as well as to um, the media and to the citizens. So, um, so it cost you any, you know, other things that the media will want to know. Well, in that same sort of line, uh, sometimes you might, if, if there's been an accident and some of your direct reports have been uh, very seriously injured or even died, mm. they'll, they'll want to know about succession. You know, uh-huh. what's going to happen? We're, you know, who's going to be your direct reporter? Who's going to be your vice president? You know, some kind of question like that. And I heard a CEO once say something brilliant about that. She said, you know, it's just been a few days since this happened, and every one of these people were my very best friends. She says, it's, this is painful on a corporate level and at a personal level, and I'm, I'm just going to have to get back to you on that. Uh-huh. And that was brilliant. But another question you're going to get is, what happens next? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it may be asked 20 different ways. But again, what the underlying issue that the reporter is trying to get to is, are you going to be open for business? Are your employees going to be okay? Are you going to do grief counseling? Are you going to set up a trust fund for the children? What are you going to do to make the community right again? What happens next? And, you know, this can be a variety of things that you come up with. It can be that you're going to do the task force. You're going to lobby for different laws. You're going to talk to your congressman or congresswoman. You're going to um, provide some counseling. You're going to go to the schools and talk to people so that young people will learn not to ever let this happen again. You know, you can do a variety of things to make the world right again and pick one, decide on one. Okay. Um, and then, the, you know, the next question would be um, to ask you is, what suggestions do you have for leaders as a crisis drags on? Yeah, because, you know, that can happen. Yes. I, I talked to a guy, and it was one of those guys who had said, you know, I found your blue folder, and <laughs> I did everything <laughs> you told me to. He had a situation where um, it was – People who had uh, worked for him, he had a factory, and they all had all their legal paperwork, but it turns out all that was forged, and he didn't Ooh. know it. <laughs> and so the immigration people come and raid his factory, and it was one of these ongoing things. And he said he had news trucks, satellite trucks parked in outside his parking lot and in his parking lot for two weeks. 
And he said one of the things he did that's brilliant advice is that he returned every single call, no matter how late into the night it got. And that he did show preference for the local and regional media as opposed to the national media, although he was polite and kind to the national media as well. And he said, you know, pretty soon with our news cycle, I was just not the top news story of the day. Things resolved. But, you know, for those two weeks, if you've got something going on like that and these people in your parking lot, it can be tough. And so some of the things that I would uh, some of the steps or pieces of advice I would give is to use social media because reporters are so good at, at that now. Mm-hmm. They are trolling Twitter and Facebook, and um, you can give them a, a secure link on your website that's just for the media. It can even be password protected that you give to reporters, and you can put updates and patient status and statements Uh, when you might be available for an interview. You can give all kinds of information that way. And reporters love that. They appreciate that so much. If you've got this situation where people are in your parking lot and, you know, you're you're being fair, you're you're giving them interviews at regular intervals, but you're going on and trying to get your work done, there are people that say, well, what do I have to do for them? You know, do I have to let them in to use the restroom? Well, no, Mm -hmm. you don't have to. You don't have to give them access to your water fountain or to your vending machine. You don't have to do anything. But if you want to be nice um, and you feel like you can afford to do this, sure, let them in to use the bathroom. If it's cold outside, it's snowing outside, let them into a conference room where they can have Wi-Fi so that they can file their stories. Um, Let them have donuts and coffee in the morning. I mean, there are nice things you can do, but you don't have to. You, you would never have to do anything crazy like put them up in a hotel right. or let them spend the night in your conference room, nothing like that. They should be fully self-sufficient. Well, you know, what you're saying is really good common sense and <laughs> just being humane to people. Um, and um, this is not rocket science, but I would imagine in the times of crisis, people don't always think this way. And that's why they need someone like you, Lori, to help them. It's uh, time for a short break. This is Marcia Zidle, your Smart Moves coach. You're listening to The Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's business channel. Stay tuned. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidle, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. 
Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zeidel, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back. This is Marsha Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach. Uh, my guest is Lori Allen, the soundbite coach and media trainer, and she's telling us what to do when you get a when you're in a crisis and the media is in the lobby. So uh, we went over several questions that uh, the media would ask you and how to respond. Um, but let's move on to another topic, which is television. Um, I think most of us don't have a lot of experience being on TV, and we really don't know how to look and what to do. Uh, what do you? What suggestions do you have about appearance? Are there certain kinds of clothes we should wear? Certain colors, uh, whatever. So, 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 enlightened uh, the listeners. Well, Marsha, you know, it's so important that we do look good, and especially for television. Leaders should always wear navy. And that goes way back in generations, uh, centuries, to when uh, police officers in Britain wore Navy uniforms. It is ingrained in our heads that leaders wear Navy. It's just a power color. That's why they tell you, you know, on your first job interview to always wear the Navy blue suit. And that's why pilots wear Navy. That's why many of our military uniforms are in Navy. And here is the bonus reason. No matter what your skin coloring, your tone, your hair color, everybody looks good in television in Navy. So you really want to stay away from black or white in television. You want to stay away from red unless it's just an accent color like a tie or a blouse underneath. Now, in a crisis situation... You're going to be on television very likely, but it may be the one day where you wore the white shirt with your logo on it. Well, a logo knit shirt is great for television because it's like free advertising, but you want it to be navy. Or in a color, let's say your your corporate colors are like forest green. That would be okay, too. Any color that's dark. You don't want light or pastel colors. They just don't translate well on video. You don't want to wear little patterns either, like a houndstooth coat that can moray. And you know what? I've got reporters here on my staff that do that, and I fuss at them and say, don't ever (laughs) wear that again. (laughs) So it's just one of those things. But for a crisis, you need to keep an extra outfit in your office. You know, I was going to ask you that because sometimes, you know, we we wear a variety of things to work. Mm -hmm. Um. And but, but you're saying is 
have either a suit or a, a shirt or something in your uh, there just in case, right? Exactly. What I tell the male, you know, the male executives who are taking my classes is okay. have a have a dress shirt and a tie. You know, like a navy blue Oxford cloth shirt and a tie already almost made, so that you can just slip it on if you need to. And then have the logo shirt. And that's because depending on the nature of the crisis, you know, if it's some some explosion or some uh, grimy, gritty type of thing, you're not going to want to go out in front of the media looking like a million dollars in a very expensive suit. Uh-huh. You know, that could just send the wrong message. Right, right. Nor do you want to go out, I would imagine, in torn jeans and a, you know, a, a sweatshirt. Either. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Now, what about women? Uh, does this hold true for women as well? A navy suit? Is yeah. that what you're Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good for women. And uh, women can get in trouble with too much jewelry or a scarf that is um, too, oh, flamboyant. What's the right word? Just too much because it can be distracting. And the whole point of an interview is you want people looking at your face and listening to your words because you're only going to get six to ten seconds of a soundbite. And so you don't want them looking at you thinking, what is that thing she's got around her neck? (laughs) (laughs) And they totally miss what you've said because what you have to say is so important. Another thing that comes up with both men and women is that you can look too shiny, especially with the hot lights of television. So if you're sweating... It can make you look guilty. So men, take out your hanky or get a Kleenex and just wipe your forehead off. Women, you know, we know about powder. Mm-hmm. We know how that can make us look better and less shiny. Um, there's, you know, things like uh, if you have real thick glasses that might have glare, either take them off for the interview or if you know that you, you're rising to a position of leadership, get some non-glare glasses or get contacts. You know, when you say sweaty, um, the Nixon Kennedy debate. Yeah, I mean that's what first comes to my mind, and and television was just you know politicians were just getting into television, and um, that just reinforces what you said. Um, anything else about um, appearance or um, you know? Well, I'll, 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 yeah, I will take uh, the, the example of the Nixon Kennedy debate. The people okay. listening on radio thought Nixon had won. But it was because he had a heavy beard, too, in addition to the Mm -hmm. sweat. He -hmm. had this 5 o'clock shadow. So it made him look older and not quite as fresh and energetic as Kennedy, you know, the young, handsome guy. So, men, if you've got this 5 o'clock shadow, make sure that you shave before you go on a, a news interview. Interesting, interesting. And I also think um, for for women, um, you've just give you've just made sense to me because I may wear a tailored suit, but I always like to jazz it up with some jewelry or a colorful scarf or things like that because that's part of my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably that's good and I you know for normal activities, but when you are in front of a, a as you said, a camera, uh, the scarf or the jewelry will distract from who you are and what you're saying. So yeah. that, you know, that was an aha for me. Yeah, well, good, good, because the light can catch it in a funny way and it can glare. And some, 
sometimes the photographer will say, hey, you know, that's causing a, some interference. Can you take it off? But a lot of times they do think, oh, that's part of their, their wardrobe. That's part of their uniform. I would right. never ask you to do that. So they won't uh, be proactive in that way. So don't depend on the reporter or the photographer to tell you unless it's just egregious. Well, let's move on because you are the soundbite coach. Uh, what are some typical soundbites leaders might want to have on the tip of their tongue for a crisis? Well, you know, we talked earlier that a crisis is defined by having a victim and mm-hmm. having a hero. So you want to acknowledge the victims in some ways, some soundbites you can do that or you can say something like, before I get started with my statement and with any questions, I just have to say that we cannot imagine losing the two people that we've lost today. Mm-hmm. Our hearts go out to their families. Mm-hmm. We are just devastated. They were part and parcel of this company, and we're going to do everything we can for their families going forward. And I also think that has to be said with genuine concern, Um, because there are times when I watch television and the police or or whatever, the lawyer will say, "Um, I'm sorry for your loss, but it doesn't come across. Sorry. um, I thought some prayers are with you. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Okay. Uh, What other uh, sound bites uh, can you suggest? Well, you always want to have some optimism if you can. Mm -hmm. It's hard in a crisis, but, Mm -hmm. you know, some things you can say, remember your taglines about your company. So maybe you've been in business for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Remember those things that make you who you are. So maybe you would say something like, in 40 years of serving our community, we've never had a situation like this before. Mm -hmm. We look forward to getting back to work so that we can be around, provide jobs for the community, and provide service for the community for at least another 40 years. Mm-hmm. Now, That's, if a whole bunch of people have died, you don't want to brag on your company too much. Right. <laughs> it's one of those where you've got to be very sensitive and think about how you would feel if you were a, a stakeholder or a customer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you want the CEO of that company to say? What would you want to hear? Right. And how about another one? Uh, do you have another soundbite that uh, would be an example? We just have a couple more minutes left. You know, when people say, well, what happens next? Uh-huh. What are the next steps? Okay. Something that you might want to be very, again, very generic about, but give the idea that you're on it, is to say, we don't know exactly at this moment what our next steps will be, but we, we want to get through this. And we want to make things right. We will do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I bet you teach them not only the words, but how to say it as well. Yeah, you've got to strike the right tone. Just like we were saying, you can't be, um, you can't say these serious words like, um, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you without sounding sincere. Right. You've got to mean what you say, and if right. you can't mean it, don't say it. And I would think too, because I've, uh, you know, if you say it with meaning, and even if you screw up a bit, if people, if people can feel that you you're caring, they will excuse a lot of things. Oh, um, absolutely! And you know, people are so merciful in a situation like this because usually they're shocked 
They're mm-hmm. horrified that this could happen in their town, in their community. And, uh, you know, reporters take, um, they take possession of the community in which they live, although it's very much a, a business where people move on quite mm-hmm. often. But I was living in Tucson, Marsha, when Gabrielle Giffords was shot. Yes, yes. And the people and the reporters in Tucson were furious that something like this could happen in a great city like Tucson. Uh, people were just ticked off. And so you kind of felt that in every interview and every every story you heard is like, you know, how could this happen here? <laughs> and you, hear that, you know, when something happens in the Midwest, like the Oklahoma City bombings, you would hear that again, is, you know, how could this happen in the heartland? Well, on that note, it's time for another break. And so this is Marsha Zidal, a Smart Moose coach. You're listening to the Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's business channel. And when we come back, Lori will tell us how you can get in touch with her and maybe give some other key points. Stay tuned. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back. This is Marsha Seidel, your Smart Moves Coach. And my guest is Lori Allen, the Sanbai Coach, Media Trainer, and News Director. And she has given us such wonderful, insightful advice about what happens when a crisis occurs and the media is in the uh, lobby. So I, I know listeners would want to know, how do they get in touch with you if they want to learn more about this topic or, or have you conduct a workshop? Well, Marcia, I hope people 
people are convinced now that I would be good insurance for them, that it's not when a crisis happens, it's not if a crisis will happen, but when it happens, and that people will feel that the media is not out to get them, that the media just wants to cover the story. I give lots of little tips on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is at Soundbite Coach. I do a free newsletter. It comes out about every month or so. It's Lori at SoundbiteCoach.com if you want to email me to get on the list. Or you can go to my website, SoundbiteCoach.com, to sign up for it there. And people say, how do you spell Soundbite? It's S-O-U-N-D-B-I-T-E and then the word coach. And if you do want to email me for more information about my workshops, Lori at SoundbiteCoach.com. You have to spell Lori the way my parents did. It's L-O-R-R-I. Two R's in Lori and two L's in Allen. Maybe that will help people remember. So free newsletter, Twitter tips, and uh, just information if you want to know about uh, how you can bring the Soundbite Coach to your association or to your business. You know, Soundbites are not just for crisis. They're also for leadership. We give Soundbites every day to our teams when we're trying to encourage them or trying to let them know some messages that we're just trying to repeat. So I love working with people and helping them communicate better. Well, thank you so much, Lori. It was such a delight, and I know that our, our audience and our listeners gained so much from this. Thank you again. Oh, thank you, Marsha. I loved it. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. Is retaining your talent a top priority? It should be. A sign of an an improving job market is that two out of three employers are implementing programs now to retain some of their best executives, managers, and future leaders, according to a survey by OI Partners. That is because turnover has already increased at 30% of surveyed companies, and most are bracing for more employees' exit in the coming year. According to the survey, 90% are concerned about losing high-potential employees, 60% are apprehensive about middle managers leaving, and 45% are uneasy about senior-level executives. What are you doing to retain your key people before they exit to another company, perhaps a competitor? Here are four strategies to re-engage them before it's too late. First, Identify your critical talent. Realize they can be at all levels, not just the top. Develop a process to pinpoint the key people and the key positions needed for your future growth. In other words, who are the most important people in your organization or team that will keep you competitive today and tomorrow? Two, focus on the value creators. Yes, senior management certainly is key, but there are other employees that may actually be more important. For example, the critical technologists who know how to quickly get the system back up and running, or the top salespeople who have deep knowledge of and connection with your most valuable customers. Start a process to re-engage and re-recruit your Um, key employees. That's number three. 
Meet with them on a regular basis to monitor what is going on. Seek their input. Clarify specific performance goals. Provide developmental opportunities. Give them the resources they need and reward them for results. Don't lose them or their commitment. And number four, offer coaching, not just to senior executives. The survey stated that companies are most concerned about losing talent who they've designated as their future leaders. So coaching has become the most popular retention method for middle managers and high potentials. It signals loud and clear that the company is making a serious investment in them and their career development. So here's your smart moves tip. As the economy improves, employees will have fewer reasons to stick around in jobs they don't enjoy or aren't meeting their career goals. The company that offers planned on-the-job development experience, complemented by growth-focused coaching, will be more successful in retaining their valued and highly skilled talent. Here's how one leader sees it. He said, I believe that my associates can work anywhere they want, and my job is to re-recruit them every day and give them a reason to choose to work for us and for me as opposed to anybody else. Listeners, if retaining top talent is a top priority for you, then get my new article, 10 Ways to Make Your Company the Greener Pasture. Send an email to Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com with the words retention in the subject line or call me at 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marsha Zidle, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. My next, uh, my guest for next week is Jim Reed, president of Momentum Texas, a nonprofit with a primary focus on training to empower veteran entrepreneurs who wish to start or grow a business. Learn how this program promotes innovative economic growth and community development practices throughout Texas, as well as giving returning veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan a real head start. You will be inspired by the success stories of this program. Tune in Wednesday at 11 p.m. Pacific. And now another Smart Moves tip about employee retention. Do the little things. They really do matter. Money can get people in the door, but it doesn't impact how well they will do their job. When you take care of the people charged with taking care of your customers, they will take care of your business. I will end with my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world. Those who make it happen, those who um, uh, let it happen, and those who asked what happened. Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. Call me now for a free consult at 972-380-9181 or email Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A at smartmovescoach.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in every week, 11 Pacific, 2 Eastern, for The Business Edge with Marcia Zidle, the Smart Moves Executive Coach and Speaker. 
helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. Innovate, improve, ignite, or die. Make smart moves. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And enjoy taking your business to the next level. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.